the Lord is our light. He is our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of our right hand. Of whom shall we be afraid? When the wicked came in like a flood to consume our flesh, they stumbled and fled and fell. Upon this we will be confident. That we will see the goodness of the Lord. One thing and one thing have we desired. That we will dwell in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to dwell in his holy presence. But who, O Lord, can dwell in your presence? Who can abide in your tabernacle? A man who has got clean hands and a pure heart. And who has not lifted up his soul to vanity. Father, this morning, I pray, Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, speak to us, O Lord. Bring us out, O Lord, Father, from darkness to light. Your word says, O Lord, Father, that, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we have fellowship with him, we will be in the light. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all our sin. And therefore, this morning, O Lord, Enable us to walk in your light, O Lord. Enable us, Lord Father, to manifest light. Father, let us truly be children of light this morning. Grant us grace to that in my prayer that you would, Father, speak to us, empower us, strengthen us. All the things that we have learned in all these days, O Lord, you would reinforce them to us and make them relevant to us even more. And Lord, that, we, that, that they will truly become true in our lives as well. To that in my prayer that you would anoint the speaking, the hearing, and the teaching of today's word. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. We're looking at uh, the topics of uh, things that accompany salvation. Things that accompany salvation. If you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Yeah, things that accompany salvation. Yeah, we've been looking at um, different aspects of uh, things that accompany salvation, and primarily, they can be categorized into five areas, five um, specific uh, spiritual realities, if you will. If you turn with me to Acts chapter twenty-six and verse number seventeen, you will see uh, what those areas are. Um, I will deliver you, 17 and 18, of course. Uh, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes, this is Paul being sent to preach the gospel, <clears throat> uh, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, you see that, from the power of Satan to the power of God, to the authority of God, thank you, to the power of Satan, to the authority of God, and uh, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith. So you see that five uh, spiritual uh, things that accompany salvation. First is the opening of our eyes. Why? The God of this world has blinded our eyes. We were all people in whom the spirit of disobedience was working. We were all of, we were all of light, of, of darkness and not light. And then when we uh, came to Jesus Christ, we became children of light, and now we have to grow in that. No, uh, one man of God says that a lot of children, a lot of Christians have new birth but old growth. Okay, that's a problem. 
We have new birth, but flesh is growing instead of the spirit growing. Okay, so if you have truly, genuinely have new birth, then we have to grow in these areas where our eyes are constantly being opened. That we are constantly we're turning from darkness to light. You see that we looked at that in uh, on on Saturday, if I'm right, where we talked about uh, one one of the things that we we are people who are cave people. We get into a cave. We like to be in the cave. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men loved darkness. Why? Because their deeds were evil. They loved darkness and they didn't want to. But if anyone who uh, walk, comes into the light, he shows that his works are being done in God. You see that? And one of the things that what God wants us to do, once wants us to wants to do in our lives, is constantly. You know, when we talk about darkness, we have this um, this image as oh, well, I mean, this is this is not generally. Uh, it's what what we're talking about spiritual darkness. No, um, if you turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter four, chapter one, and verse uh, one and one and uh, four and five. John's Gospel, John's Gospel, chapter one, verses four and five. This is what it says: In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness does not comprehend it. Okay. Not, does not perceive it. Darkness cannot perceive light. Okay. And one man of God says, the way we know that we are in darkness is that when people, when we, when we listen to some spiritual truths, we interpret them into, in physical terms. No, you, that, that was a problem with, uh, even the disciples and the Jews during the, during Jesus time. Destroy this temple. Destroy <laughs> this temple and I will build it in three days. It took us 40 years to build this temple and you're saying that you're going to. See, again, they're interpreting, uh, spiritual truths in physical terms, you see. Okay. I am the bread of life. Unless you eat of my bread and drink of my blood, uh, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will not have life. How is he saying that he is the bread from heaven? Our father said manna. <laughs> and he says, your father said manna and they died. <laughs> you see, everything in physical terms. Give, uh, if you, if you know who's asking, who's asking you, give me to drink, you will ask of him and he will give you living water. Oh, please give me that living water. <clears throat> okay. You don't have a bucket and the thing is very deep. How are you going to give me this water? See, everything is in physical terms. The, the, the thing is this, no? How do we know that we are in darkness? Whenever we take spiritual truth and try to apply it into, into physical, I mean, in, in, in material terms, we actually are literally people walking in darkness, living in darkness. So God has to constantly <clears throat> bring us out of darkness. And what empowers darkness is the power of Satan. Okay, it empowers it. So one, one thing that happens during, when we are saved, no? If you turn with me to Colossians <clears throat> chapter 1. Verse 13, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, other translations will use the word, translated us into the kingdom of His Son in His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What He has done? What, he has, what has He done? He has conveyed us from the dominion, from the power of darkness. NIV, if you, if you can put it in NIV, it's very interesting. This entire passage, if you will. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1. For he has rescued us, it says, from the dominion from, of darkness. Dominion, the authority, the power, the influence. <clears throat> and brought us into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. So, the word is for. So, how do we know that we have been translated from the dominion of darkness and into his light? 
He gives us five truths or five fruits, if you will, if you want to put it that way. Five uh, implications or five results of uh, those people who have been brought out from darkness into light. Same chapter, Colossians chapter 1, if you can turn with me <clears throat> from verse 1 onwards, or from verse 9 onwards, um, in the same translation, NIV. <clears throat> He says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The first thing that you know that you have come out of darkness and into light is that you are filled with the knowledge of his will. How does it happen? Through all the wisdom and the understanding that the spirit gives. Who gives? The spirit gives. God gives. That's, that's exactly what happened to Daniel. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. This is what it says about Daniel. <clears throat> and his three friends. Okay, 17 and 18. These four young men who gave? God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Okay, if you're believers, okay, and you truly, truly, really want to honor God with all of your heart, let me tell you something. God will give you knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature. He will give you, what is it? This is spiritual understanding. It says the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit of God because it's foolishness. In other words, you will have the mind of Christ. Even if you are listening to or reading something worldly, you are able to see what is of God and what is, you are able to discern. Okay, And this is exactly what happens to Daniel and his friends. God is giving them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And specifically for Daniel, he gave something extra. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. God is not a respecter of persons, right? Because Daniel took a stand. God gave him one, one thing extra. If you take a stand, you will have something extra. Okay, Extra will be given to you. You take a stand for God. Those whom you honor, uh, you, you, those who honor me, I will also honor them. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. So, God gave them. So one of the things that you know that you have come from darkness and into the light, you are filled with the knowledge of His will. How does that happen? Through all spiritual wisdom and understanding or, or all understanding of wisdom who the Spirit gives. The Spirit gives. Second thing, if you go back to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10 now, and we pray in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. What happens? Now you begin to live a life which is worthy of God. You know, the word for worthy in the Greek is very interesting. Axio, from which we get the word axiom. <laughs> you know what axioms are, right? That means you know exactly what the truth of the word of God. And you live according to the truth. Nobody need to teach you anymore. Okay. Axio. So, you begin to live a life worthy of God. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Okay. <clears throat> 4 1. Ephesians 4 1. As a prisoner of the Lord Jesus, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. You begin to live a life. So, the world will not be worthy of you. But you'll be living a life which is worthy of God. Third thing you know is if you don't turn back to Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 again, this is what it says. Yeah. Um, you, you, uh, that you may walk worthy of the, worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Okay. Okay. What, what, what happens? You begin to please God. Now that will be the, uh, the motto of your life, the motive of your, I need to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. 
Okay? You will begin to please him in every way. And what happens? You begin to be, how, how, do, how does, how do you begin to please him? You begin to please him by bearing fruit. And that's what it says in John's Gospel chapter 15 verse 8. It says, it is to the glory of God you bear fruit and by this that you prove to be my what? My disciples. Okay. And then, fourth thing that happens is verse 11. You'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering. So what happens? You will be strengthened. How, what is the, what is the measure of your strength? You have two things. You have patience and you have endurance. Okay. Patience and endurance. You have the ability to withstand any kind of pressure. Endure. Okay. What kind of endurance? God kind of endurance. Okay. Okay. To, towards whom does he have endurance? <laughs> towards us. You want to know? Two places. Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 and Numbers chapter 14 verse 18. That's his name. Hmm? <clears throat> and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Long-suffering. Okay. Love suffers long. You have that kind of God kind of endurance. You have endurance and you know you will, you will have endurance towards, uh, people, uh, you have, you, you're hoping for the best from them all the time. You're always willing to give them another chance. Okay. And 1418, Numbers 1418, <clears throat> again his name, Numbers 1418, this is what it says. God, the Lord is long suffering and Abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. That is what we, that is what we call, what I call God kind of endurance. So God strengthens you to forgive. Okay. God strengthens you to have long suffering. God strengthens you to endure. Alright. And then the fifth one, you have joy. Okay. Joy and a life of thanksgiving. That is how I know that you've been translated from what? From the kingdom or the dominion of darkness. And into his life. This is how we come out from being cavemen. Okay. And God is doing that every day in our lives. He's causing us to come out of our darkness into his light. And God does not condemn us. He convicts us. So today we'll look at one example. Very famous example. Of a person who God drew slowly from her cave. (laughs) If you will. Okay. Drawing, this is how he says, no, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And what am I going to do? Therefore, I will draw you with my loving. I will woo you. Slowly, I will bring you out and slowly. And then you don't have to be ashamed anymore. What I'm going to do? I'm going to woo you out. I'm going to bring you out of the, out of darkness. And what I'm going to do? I'm going to truly cover you with my glory. Okay. So let us look at that one, one person, very famous, but we will look at certain things which are again, you know, surprises. Familiar things are sometimes so familiar that we miss out on such simple truths which have been embedded over there. And let us ask God to unfold the word of God for us this morning. It is the unfolding of the word of God which brings what? Light. Okay. The entrance of his word. Let's go back to John's gospel chapter 4 today and look at one person whom God drew out or darkness into light. Look at the, look at what it says. John's Gospel chapter 4, let's read from verse 1 onwards, okay? Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
this is interesting what did he do uh, though jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples he left judea and departed again to galilee that means you know what wherever people talk about competition jesus leaves okay why you know this james chapter 3 verse 16 look at what it says Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there's comparisons being drawn. They try to make uh, John also, John the Baptist also fall with, with this comparison and competition. He said a man should receive nothing except that which he has been given for, for him in God. And that he overcame that uh, comparison. Jesus says, you're trying to compare, I'm going to get out of this place. Okay. So wherever, you know, people are, people are comparing, you run from for your life, okay? There's only one person whom you have to compare yourself with. Who's that person? Looking unto Jesus, not one another. That's what it says. Those who compare themselves with themselves are fools, are unwise. Of course, that is Paul's way of saying it. He was using euphemisms. We will not use euphemisms, okay? <laughs> okay, so don't compare. There's only one person whom you have to compare with, okay? Sometimes when you compare with others, you sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you, it's deceptive actually. Okay. It's deceptive because you don't know what the other person is deep down inside. How vain they are. Okay. That's what, that's what, you know what he says, Jeremiah, for, if you don't have to turn there. 414, he says, how long do vain thoughts lodge inside of you? The word for vain in Greek, in, in Hebrew is very interesting. Uh, it's, it, the word is habel. Habel from which we get the word abel. So when abel is coming and offering his offering to God, you know what he's saying? Lord, I am vain. I am nothing. And God therefore accepts his offering. <laughs> and Cain, when he comes and gives his offering, he says, I'm something when he's nothing. That's what he says. When a man thinks that, that he's something, when he is nothing, what happens to him? He deceives himself. So whenever there's competition, Jesus just departs from, from that place. Okay. He runs for his life and we also run. He says, good teacher, why are you calling me good? Okay. Even Paul says, I do not, I don't even judge myself, even though there is nothing inside of me, my conscience is not condemning me. By, by, by this I am not justified. The one who justifies me is God. And therefore don't judge anything before time, because one day he is going to judge, and what is he going to do? He is going to bring out the secrets of men, and what is going to happen? Everyone will receive his praise from God. I mean, that praise will differ from glory to glory. A star differs in glory. Everybody will have their own glory. So till that time, what are we doing? We are enduring. We are in that place. We only look at our lives. You know, we should have those kinds of blinkers, Baba. I remember, maybe Peter is over here, right? I can use this example. There was one person who came to our school sometime back. <laughs> and he was coming and telling Peter, I don't want to mention his name. He said, Peter, I heard so much about you, uh, that you are such a great musician. Da, 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 da. And you should see his Peter, Peter's reaction. Okay, Poker face. And he started praising and praising and praising. And after a while, he never even responded. He just left, left that place and went away. And, and then Jason came and said, Peter, when people praise you, at least smile. At least smile. At least smile, smile Peter. I, I like that. So this is what this is what happens. One, one day they will exalt you. The other day they will crucify you. So, so it is better to have our praise from God. Jesus gives us a way. What does he do? He leaves that place and he departs and goes to Judea, passing through Galilee. And now I like the next verse, if you turn back to John's Gospel chapter 4. I love this verse in the KJV, especially. <laughs> if you go back, John's Gospel chapter 4 and verse 4. Hmm? Onwards. 
but he needed to go through samaria right just just put four four, four in uh, in kjv if you will, if you will he must needs go through samaria see that is that is what i love about god okay he must needs meaning <laughs> there could be several ways to go to samaria i'm sorry the through galilee but he wanted to go through samaria you know why it was that one person whom has whom god has ordained when if before the foundation of the world that he should meet her that's what i told you know the kingdom of god is based upon election and not selection is election okay and not based upon angelic opinion i told you not public opinion not angelic opinion it is god's choice period that's it god will have mercy upon so what what do we do we don't argue with god so who are you he says paul says now you are saying is god unrighteous baba who are you who are you to say there is unrighteousness of god for example let us say there is a we are going i mean we all understand this we are going we go to church uh, to jivan jyoti right every time we pass through that uh, intersection near paradise remember paradise intersection we have so many beggars who come and beg okay some beggars we show mercy some beggars we don't do they say you are being unjust do they do, do they do hartal over there in kalabs in daba do they say no it is your sovereignty they 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 respect that sir if you have mercy please sir give it to me and if you are giving it to somebody else sir please can you show mercy to me that's all they will say they will appeal to your mercy they will never argue with you you are unrighteous you are unfair nobody says that what will you say i will have mercy upon ah that's what you will say now that is when you say that you have a problem with god extrapolate it baba you ordinary human being want to exercise your sovereignty and then you say <laughs> then you say you have a problem sorry okay he must need to go through samaria because even before the foundation of the world was laid it was ordained by god that one day there was a samaritan woman is going to come and he's going to meet her there are certain incredible details which are given over here which are interesting okay <laughs> let's go back now uh, now we can put it back in in kjv okay so uh, verse 4 onwards again hmm? so he must need to, he, he needed to go through samaria and verse 5 so he came to a city of samaria which is called sychar near the plot of ground that jacob gave to his son joseph now why did he have to mention this detail see god is very economical he is a true jew <laughs> <laughs> okay he is very 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 terse e e r s c with his words is yeah. that's there is an economy of god that is the reason why hebrew is such a fantastic language it has got only 22 consonants no vowels no other thing only 22 consonants is enough Inf- incredible bandwidth it can express all kinds of emotions with 22 consonants <laughs> okay Uh, incredible language that god said you know what i don't need much language i just need 22 you fellows indians you need so many vowels so many consonants matras and uh, no 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 i don't need i just need 22 okay even english fellows need four more extra five extra okay <laughs> you see god is very economical and he says so when he is giving such interest important details we need to just stop there and ask why this god has mentioned this detail over here it says he came to a city we're just just uh, 
Frison was five, okay? So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, when did Jacob give his son, Joseph? This particular land is a question. Now, remember, Jacob, when he was stealing, was, was, was wanting to steal his birthright, he goes to Isaac now, tries to deceive him. Because Isaac is blind. Okay. And then, of course, we know the story of Jacob. Now, Jacob is also becoming blind. Hmm? Now what happens, Joseph sent, he brings his two sons knowing that his father is about to die. Somebody comes and tells him, uh, your father is about to die, why don't you come and meet him? So Joseph, Joseph comes to meet his father and Joseph, Jacob gets up from his bed and he says, uh, who is, who is there? He says, I'm here Joseph and I have brought my two sons to, for you to bless. And you know what happens? What does God do? What does Jacob do? He is also blind. He crosses his hands. What is happening there? Something has happened. Jacob has truly become Israel. Now his spiritual eyes are open. And therefore Hebrews chapter 11 verse uh, number 21 says something very interesting. Look at what it says. 21. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 21. By faith, Jacob when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of... How? By faith. Okay. And worshipped Leaning on the staff. So Joseph, uh, Joseph there, Joseph brings his sons and Joseph is really upset and he says, Father, this is the eldest son and this is the younger one. And he says, I know what I'm doing. Don't have to stop me. Okay. I have, I have grown beyond my father Isaac, in other words, in, in as far as our discernment is concerned. Okay. Sometimes you have to become a crook to become a real fellow, actually. Okay, really. I, I, you, then you know out what it is to be a crook. And then you say, you know what, this is being crook. No, I have to be genuine. Okay. I remember, I remember Martin Luther, right? He comes and, uh, comes and confesses his sin to the, to the, to the chaplain in the, in the confession box. You know, what do those monks have to confess? And one day the monk is so frustrated with this confession. He says, brother Luther! Go find yourself something wicked to do and come back and confess. <laughs> you see, so, so, so he, he's, he's really a crook. So you know, you cannot fool Jacob, okay? You cannot fool him. No, he's come, he's, he knows what it is to be a crooked fellow. So he, he worships. You know, look at what happens over there. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 48 verses 19 to 22. Hmm? Look at this. This is the part. This is what happens over here. By this, but his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his descendant shall become a multitude of nations and go on. So he blessed them that day saying, by you Israel will bless saying, may God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. That's the reason why Ephraim becomes the firstborn. Then Israel said to Joseph, who said? Israel, not Jacob. Okay. Israel said to Joseph, behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. And verse 22, verse 22, moreover, I have given you one portion where above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my Oh, this is remarkable, isn't it? What is he? What did God take from, from, from the Amorite? Who is the Amorite? The Amorite. The Amorite is Satan. What does Amorite mean? The sayer, the slanderer. 
The slanderer. I have taken from the slanderer that portion of land. How? By my sword and my bow. And what did God do on the cross? He disarmed principalities of powers of darkness. What was the power of their over our lives that they could they could slander us? What did what did they do? They called the accuser of the brethren, who's going to accuse us before God day in and day out, so that we will remain in our cave and never come out. So what is God going to do now through His Son? He is going to slay the Amorite at that part of land where Joseph, sorry, Jacob gave his brother, his son Joseph, and he's going to bring out this true son of child of Abraham out of her cave. This is remarkable, isn't it? The details given in scripture. Let's go. Let's move on. In John's Gospel chapter 4. All of us <laughs> were under the influence of the Amorite. We are like Joshua. Joshua. With what garments? Filthy garments. And who's there next to us? Satan. <laughs> Accusing us night and day before God. He is the, the Amorite. Okay. The Amorite spirit. Dangerous. It's a spirit of slander and gossip. And what is, what is it? What is the Amorite spirit? It puts other people down and exalts itself up. That's the Amorite spirit actually. That's exactly what happened. This woman totally being looked down by the by the crowd and by the people around her. Nobody cares about her. But God comes to rescue her out of out of her darkness by doing what? By slaying the Amorite with his sword and with his bow. And you know what is he, how is he gonna do that? Let's see. Four stages. Okay, let's go on. John's Gospel chapter four. <coughs> Let's read from verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Yeah, of course. Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey sat thus by the well. And what was he looking for? To drink from whose well? Jacob's well. Now think about the humility of God. Now something is going to happen over here. Are you greater than Jacob, she says. What comparison? Ah, are you greater than Jacob? Can you imagine, no? Just imagine. If <laughs> if your daughter comes and says, are you greater than my friend? What? I mean, I'm just giving you a very simple example. Now we can, you can apply it into every situation. Are you greater than, what comparison? Greater than Jacob. We'll come to that later on. I don't want to go ahead of myself, okay? Now, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well of Jacob. Do you think Jacob's well is going to satisfy Jesus? No. Okay, That's what it says. He was tempted in all areas, and yet he did not sin. And it was about the sixth hour. Now comes the the woman now, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into into the city to buy food. Now look at this. There are four stages in the life of this woman. There are four increments that God has to show himself into her life to bring her out of her darkness and into the light. 
verse 9. The first. Then the woman Samaria of Samaria said, How is it that you, being a Jew, the first thing, first revelation about, about of her, about Jesus is that he is a Jew. Then she says, How you, a Jew, is asking me, a Samaritan. I mean, it's like this, no? A rich man, full of money, goes to this village and he says, you know what, I love this lady, I love this woman. And, he, and she says, wow, what did you see in me? You, see? you know, the Jews have a very powerful prayer, very, really demeaning prayer. Every time a Jew gets up in the morning, this is what he prays. I thank you, God. This is his prayer. I thank you, God, I am a Jew and not a Gentile, not a slave, not a woman. That's what he prays every day. I thank you God that I'm not a Gentile. I'm not a slave. I'm not a woman. And then he, she says, how come you being a Jew is talking to me, a woman, and that too of what? Of Samaria. You see, who's a Jew? We need to know who the Jew is. You know this verse very well. Romans chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. Right? We know this very well. Right? Who is a Jew? The word for Jew is Yehuda. Actually, the word for Jew is Yehudi. From which we get the word Yehuda. Yehuda means the praised of God. That's what it means. For he is a Jew who is one who is not one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart and the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So therefore, what is who is a Jew? The one who is praised of God. And who is the only Jew who is praised of God? Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And as long as you are in Christ, you are also, you will also be said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased and I don't see any iniquity where now. In Jacob. I will come to that. See that. Why? Because he is in Christ. Isn't it? So Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 25 is a very humbling verse. Look at what it says to all my Jewish friends. Okay, <laughs> I love you. I love you a lot. Okay, This is what it says from verse 25 onwards. Hmm? Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Why? Egypt? Huh? Then? Judah? <laughs> Edom? The people of Ammon? Moab? And all who are in the farthest corners of the earth, meaning Indians, everybody, okay, who dwell in the Wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel is uncircumcised where? In the heart. That is the reason why it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No Jew, no Gentile, everybody the same. You see, you need to know who a true Jew is. See, if you really, really want to come out of your shell, you need to understand that God looks at the heart and not what, not your, not your outward circumstances. You can do whatever it takes to cover yourself, cover your outward reality. God still looks at your heart. He sees the reality there. See, that is the reason why we need to become authentic people, no? See, it's no use pretending. It's, you'll be found out. Jesus says, he says in Numbers chapter 32, 23, 32, 23, easy to remember, okay, 32, 23. What is 32, 23? Your sin, don't have to turn that. Your sin will 
Find you out. Of course, he is uh, putting, he is writing that in a different context, but it is true for all sin. You, you, you will be found out. You don't, you cannot be, you cannot hide from God. So, that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. They fell and what, what did they try to do? They tried to cover themselves, right? So, Christianity, again, I, I, I wrote this down. Christianity is not a religion of ritual. It is a religion of the heart. It is not the religion of outward form, but the religion of inward reality. It is not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. It is not a matter of rending your garments. It is a matter of rending your hearts. It is not a matter of outward circumcision. It is a matter of the circumcision of the heart. It is not the letter. It is not of the letter. It is of the spirit. It is not about action. It is about motive. It is not about pleasing man. It is about pleasing God. So it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those who are of the flesh cannot please God. Its source is God and it's not man. That is the reason why, you know, Paul is very upset with, with, uh, with, uh, with Peter. He says, you will be, being a Jew, you're behaving like what? Gentiles and you're compelling Gentiles to behave like Jews. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> okay. So first thing. You need to understand who a true Jew is. God doesn't look at outward form. He looks at inward reality. Inward reality. And one of the things we need to ask God, Lord, make me authentic. Make me true. Because ultimately it's going to lead to worship. And those who worship God must worship in what? In spirit and in truth. Spirit also means attitude. So let's go back now. John's Gospel chapter 4 verse 10 now. Jesus answered and said to, to her. Okay. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. I like that. You living water and go on. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father? Jacob. The second thing you need to understand is our God is greater than Jacob. What does that mean? What does Jacob mean? Jacob means supplanter. Okay. You know what is the problem with humanity? They have supplanted God with Jacob. Everybody has got Jacobs in their hearts. Okay. And what do Jacobs do? Deceive. <laughs> That's what they do. It's, 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 it's incredible. You should see that, that, the tell, the telltale, okay, you see the, the entire, the entire, uh, scene in the life of Jacob itself. Okay, if you turn with me to Genesis chapter 29, and then Genesis chapter 30 will follow there. Verse 31 onwards, okay? Look at what it says. Mm, verse 31 onwards. When God saw that Leah was unloved, actually, a KJV will use the word, she was hated. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben for this, for she said, the Lord has surely look up, looked upon my affliction, therefore my husband, look at this, the Lord, my husband. So who's your Lord? My husband. Who's he? Jacob. What has happened? You have supplanted in your heart Jacob. In other words, you're saying, my, my Jacob is greater than my God. That's exactly what you've done. 
That's the reason why he tells in Jeremiah, my people have conf- con- uh, they performed, I mean, they, they committed two sins, two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have hewn themselves for cisterns, broken cisterns which can hold no water. See? Our life is the life of supplanting. How do we supplant? We supplant God's word with worldly ideas. God's standards with worldly standards. Supplanting all the way. Our life is full of supplanting. And what do we say? Are you greater than Jacob? Now what comparison? (laughs) What comparison? (laughs) Are you greater than Jacob? And you know, Jesus is so humble. He doesn't, he calls himself the God of Jacob. I like, I like that. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. And he is not offended. With that comparison. And if somebody says, no, who do you think I am? Okay, immediately my sense of uh, importance comes, no? Like I, I remember, I remember four or five years old when Abigail was doing this, no? She messed up her bathtub, both him, her and her sister. And when I came into the, came into the washroom and I said, what happened to the bathtub? Abigail is looking up to me and says, that is not my idea. Okay, it is her idea. And therefore we did it. And I was looking at her, you're expecting that I'm going to buy that argument. Really? You're insulting my intelligence. You see, you know, Don Corleone, if you've seen that movie, Godfather, he tells, you're insulting my intelligence, he says. The Don says. He gets very upset. <laughs> upset. He's insulting. And, and you know, when Jesus says, said, are you greater than Jacob? What? You're comparing me with Jacob? See, how, how much our standards have fallen, even in our own lives? We replace God with Jacob. And we are satisfied. <laughs> and what does Jacob do? Ultimately deceives us. That is the reason why it says the fear of man brings a snare. And if you have replaced God with anything in your life, that is a Jacob. And what is he going to do? He is going to deceive you finally. You see, Ultimately, even Isaac has to be laid on the altar. And who's, who's, who's Isaac? Isaac is of God. And one day, when Abraham offers Isaac, he receives him back. But now, from now on, Abraham doesn't own Isaac. He comes to a point which, you know, A.W. Tozer calls it the blessedness of owning nothing. So when, if people say, Abraham, you're a very rich man. You're very rich. You know what he says? He'll just laugh at you and he says, you know something? I don't own anything. In my heart, there is no other place for anybody else other than God. That is the reason why 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. One of my favorite was 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. Look at what it says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. You know why? Because our heart is full of idol factories and we have the incredible capacity of replacing God with Jacob. That's exactly what happened to Leah. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 29. The irony of this entire passage is fantastic. Okay, So Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben and verse 33. Okay, verse 33. And she conceived again and bore a son and she said, because the Lord had heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me the son again. The focus is me. And she called his name Simeon. 
And verse 34, she conceived again and bore a son. Now this time my husband, again, the Lord, my husband, will become attached. The other translations will use the word joined. Okay. Because I have borne him three sons, therefore he, he, his name was called Levi. And then finally verse 35, and she conceived again and bore a son and said, "How now I will praise the Lord. Enough. Okay. Therefore she called his name Yehuda, which means praised of God. Then she stopped bearing. Now look at this. Next two verses are fantastic. Look at verse, verse 30. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister and she said, give me children or I die. Verse 22 is so ironical. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel and he said, am I in the place of God? You see, he's saying, Baba, why are you replacing me with God? And she's saying, are you greater than Jacob? <laughs> greater than Jacob. You know what? what? What do you say? Whenever you go after your career, are you greater than Jacob? And God comes and says, are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than my career? Are you greater than my wife? Are you greater than my relationship? Are you greater than my ideas? They're all Jacobs. And what has happened? Jacobs have supplanted and they have come and occupied the place of God in our lives. And what have we done? We are, we are, we are, we are deceiving ourselves and when Jesus comes and we, are we saying, and we are saying, are you greater than Jacob? That is the reason why, what is it? Uh, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And then the second part is very interesting. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. What is stubbornness? This is it. I will not change. My ideas, my thoughts, my opinions, these are, this is it. I am not going to change. What has happened? You have replaced God with Jacob. But you know what? When salvation happens, when salvation happens, when all the Jacobs are kicked out of your life, that's what has to happen first. All the supplanters who have taken the place of God have been kicked out of your lives. That is when true salvation happens. That is when you truly, truly, truly get become saved. Okay. So the first, first second, first revelation, he says, she says, you being a Jew. Second, are you greater than Jacob? He's not greater than Jacob. He is greater than angels. He is greater than Moses. He is greater than Joshua. He is greater than Aaron. He is great. There's no comparison. You know what? He says he's, he's called the firstborn. He's called the only son of God. You know, in English, in, in, in Telugu, it's very interesting. Advitiya Kumarudu. Advitiya. You know what Advitiya means? Dvitiya means second. Advitiya means second to none. Second to none. I mean, some, some Sanskrit is very powerful. Dvitiya means second. Advitiya means second to none. He is second to none. There is no comparing. The comparison, that is the reason why he is called holy. What is holy? Cut above the rest. You, there is no comparison between God and man. And yet God becomes man. And then he says, there is only one God and there is only one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. That is the humility of God. So what have you done? You have taken away supplanted and so incredible right second kings chapter 17 verse 33 look at what it says second kings chapter 17 verse 33 all this i've learned in 13 years they feared the lord yet they served their own gods <laughs> that is the classic scenario of every believer what does he have he has jacobs in his heart and yet he wants to serve god according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they have they were Carried away. They exactly like the other nations. So if you look at a believer, he is also afraid. If you look at the unbeliever, he is also afraid. What is the difference? Nothing. Okay. Third, let's go back to John's Gospel now, chapter 4, verse 15. 
Jesus answered, the woman said to her, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Means please solve my problems forever. <laughs> okay. I don't want to come to this, come back to this, to this well again. I know, give me this water. You know what, the, the word for living water actually, what she actually means is flowing water. Wherever there's flowing water, it's generally called living water. So please give me this water, no? Whatever you are talking about. See, every, we, we, I told you, no? Whenever God talks about a spiritual reality, we, we interpret it in worldly terms, okay, or, or physical terms. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. What does that got to do with living water? Everything. Everything. And this is the part of God which we don't like. See? If you want to come out of the cave, Gradually, the third person whom you have to encounter, first the Jew who looks into your heart, second, a person greater than Jacob <laughs> who has supplanted all, all he, has, he has to literally supplant everything in a third one, he has to say, actually, you know what? He has to call out who those Jacobs are. Go call your husband. In Telugu, it's penimiti. Penimiti in this penimiti ledu. I don't have a husband. It's beautiful in Telugu actually. I don't have a husband. And you know what she says? Verse 17. Let's go on. Verse 17 and 18. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you have now is your, not your husband. See how many Jacobs you had in your life. You have supplanted me with five husbands. After that, the last fellow said, you know what? Why waste our time and energy getting married? Okay, why not just live in relations, you know, live live with each other. And the first fifth fellow that you have, sixth fellow you have is not even your husband. In that you have spoken truly. And what does she say next verse? The man said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You see that? You see how she's growing in her revelation? First thing, you being a Jew. Second, greater than Jacob. Third is the prophet. You know what? This is the most difficult part in any man's life is to confront the prophetic office. We don't, we like evangelists. We like pastors maybe. But we don't like prophets. You know why prophets? They will only speak what God has to speak. And Jeremiah says, you know, Lord, why did you make me a bearer of bad news? That's his constant refrain. Lord, can I not say at least something which is good? (laughs) In in 45 chapters of Jeremiah's prophecy, not even one positive verse comes out of his mouth. (laughs) And, And he says, Lord, what is this? You made me a bearer of bad news. See, you don't like the prophets. You know why? Prophets... They will come and tell what the problem is straight. You know, it's called mukkusuti. I mean, meaning he will not beat around the bush directly. He will say, you are that man. That is Nathan. And he will tell you a nice story also to trap you. What a story. <laughs> he will trap you in your own righteousness. That's what he says. It says he has caught the wise in their own craftiness. Catches the wise in their own craftiness. How crafty you are, and you're trying to fool fool with me. Huh? Think about it. That's what he says. With the uh, with the actually with the fruit, you will show you with you will show yourself shrewd. Yeah, yeah you will show yourself shrewd. Uh, I think Psalm 18, if I'm right. Huh? With the fruit, you will show yourself shrewd. 
Are you try to be shrewd? Hale Baba, I am the perfect Jew. Okay. So you don't try to play with me. I know exactly what to say and what not to say. I know exactly what your thoughts are. You can't hide from me. That is the reason why it says, let the wicked man forsake his way and unrighteous man, what? His thoughts. That I might abundantly pardon them. So what, what does a prophet do? He discerns your thoughts. Such a prophetic word. I told you, you know, the prophetic gaze. You will see Hazel and say, Baba, I know what you're going to do. I know the condition of your heart. I know where you're going. You see? If you don't like it. So it says, First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. Look at what it says. Mm-hmm. The woman said to her, I'm sorry, uh, First Corinthians chapter 14, yeah? 24 and 25. Okay? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and what does he do? Verse 25, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. That's what he told, no? Uh, when... Uh, uh, when uh, the king of Hizra is, uh, Syria sends Naman, where does he send him to? Directly to the king first. And that fellow, what does he do? He tears his clothes. <laughs> and Naman says, uh, I'm sorry, Elisha says, don't get so excited, don't worry. Send him to me. And what does Elisha do? He doesn't even send his word. I mean, meet him. He says, go and wash yourself in Jordan seven times. How are you going to wash yourself in Jordan? Remove everything. Nanga ho jao. Sabke samne. Let everybody know that you are leprous from head to toe. Then you will be pronounced, pronounced what? Clean. See, this is what we don't like. That is the reason why we don't enjoy worship. We don't, we really don't authentically worship God because there's no transparency in our lives. See, when you know exactly when you have really broken through worship, you know what? Because you are true, true, true and true. You see, that is where we have to fight towards. Lord, make me through, true, through and through. And we don't like the prophetic gifts. You know why? Because we still try to hide. We love darkness rather than light. First Kings chapter 22. We have the Ahab syndrome, no? Verse 5 onwards. Everybody is saying, go to Ramad Gilead. You will prosper. Verse 5 onwards. Also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word, for the word of the Lord today. Then what happens? The king of Israel gathered prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, shall I go to, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Then the king, then verse 17, Jehoshaphat said, is there not still a prophet? Everybody saying the same thing, no, it's like, you know, somebody said, I think, who's that president? Nixon, no? I need to have at least one contrary opinion before I make a decision. Who's that Nixon? I don't know, one president. He said, I need to have one contrary opinion. Before I make a decision, I don't want yes men all the time. Yes men, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, you are great sir. No. Ultimately. These are the fellows who will finally destroy your life. Oh king, live forever. Everybody knows that you don't live forever. What a fantastic uh, <laughs> salutation. Oh king, live forever. Chiranjivi, kya baat hai? You know, it's very interesting, no? Chiranjivi one day was on a flight. It's a true story, okay? Chiranjivi was on a flight and that flight went into turbulence. What is his name? Chiranjivi. What is Chiranjivi? Live forever. That's what Chiran, Chiranjivi means. Live forever. Jivi Chiran, okay? So he was on a flight and he was, uh, uh, he was actually, I think, flying from Hyderabad to, to Vaisak. 
and then it was we went to the turbulence and one of the engines failed and the pilot said we are losing hopes okay but somehow because of uh, one of the pilots who was really really smart and very senior and experienced he somehow managed to land the flight and everybody landed safely and they all knew that chiranjeevi chiranjeevi the hero who is never afraid in in the movies no who will challenge everybody and beats up 2500 fellows and 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 he is there and you know, and and the journalists they are not very kind <laughs> and and if you call yourself chiranjeevi they will uh, they will question you nicely also are you really chiranjeevi they will ask you okay prove it exactly prove it <laughs> so when he came out of the flight all the journalists sir in the flight were you afraid did hosla badhaya kya you know very was very honest yes i was afraid that i'm going to lose my life you see you see this is our reality you know what as for man his days are like grass like a flower of the field so he flourishes and the wind passes over it and it is gone and the place even if you call it by your name will remember you no more kya baat hai call yourself itakota residents are baba itakota residents after you are gone that fellow will not remember you i don't know who is itakota <laughs> see that is our reality okay but we don't like that we we like yes men to come and say vijay how great and fantastic the art no my dear brothers we don't need that we will be deceived all our way to hell see and jehoshaphat said is there still not a prophet of the lord here that we may inquire of him and was it so the king is of israel said there is still one man coroner what's his name mikaiah the son of imla by whom we may inquire of the lord you see we may he knows the word of the lord is with him but i hate him because he does not prophesy good only evil and jehoshaphat said <laughs> let not the king say such i mean it's amazing you see the two court scenes jehoshaphat in his kingly robes and ahab in his but both are caves you know that i mean i was thinking about the message on caves you know everything is a cave they look so beautiful your education is a cave you know that you hide your filth in your education you hide your filth in your career you hide your filth in your relationships because only one relationship is true with your relationship with god that is the reason why hero israel the lord your god is one there is no other god and thou shalt love the lord your god with all of your heart with all of your strength with all of your mind and with all that you have and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself then that fellow says yes lord you have said fantastically your said fantastically to love the lord is greater than burnt offerings and sacrifices you know what god says you are not very far from the kingdom of heaven but if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven you have to break the shackles of all your religion self righteousness you know what it's a it's a garb to to hide the filth inside and one of the things that we do nowadays is to switch on the light in the kitchen you know why I'm scared of not scared we don't want these ants and we want to know where the ants and cockroaches are otherwise you know remember cs lewis 
How do you know that there are rats in your basement? Honey, I'm going downstairs now to see if the rats are in the basement. Krrr, open the door. Tug, 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 make sound. And go downstairs. Will you see rats in the, rats in the floor? No. They're all hiding. And then you come and see the basement. No rats. So clean. How do you, if you want to, that's the reason why you have to catch people by surprise. It's called uh, raiding, you know, surprise inspection. <laughs> surprise inspections will reveal the reality. <laughs> I used to have my mentor in my, my college days, Nashibu, right? He used to say, Vijay, Bible studies in your room. Okay? <laughs> I used to say Shibu, now why my room should be okay, okay. Come now. <laughs> no. So every Wednesday I used to make it everything clean. He, he's, he's a very, he's a gentleman, right? He comes and opens the door and he says, Vijay, uh, do, will you give me permission to open your uh, wardrobe? I said, Shibu, no, no. <laughs> he said, okay, okay. Okay. You need to maintain everything clean, okay? You see, we had, I had such mentors in my life. I really love these guys who've come into my life like that, no? You've blessed me immensely. So, <laughs> Bible study in my room, B310, Hall 4. Never forget that. You see, that is the reason why, you know, we don't like it. Prophetic gifts. That's the reason why, you know what, what happens in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 18. This is what they say. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 18. Jeremiah chapter, verse, chapter 18, verse 18. <sighs> then they said, Come, let us devise plans against Jeremiah. Why? For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor word from the prophet. Come, let us attack him with the tongue. Let us not give heed to his words. We don't like it. What is our message? Surrender to the Babylonians <laughs> and the Lord will bless you. Papa, please. Can you just change the message? No. I have thoughts, the thoughts that I have for you are thoughts to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future and expect an end if you go to Babylon. Nobody likes this. We hate it. We hate the prophet. But you know what she says? Sir, that's tremendous. You know, that's the reason why I like Simon Peter the sixth, sir. I like that. It's very interesting. We don't, we've forgotten that word, sir. Don't call me sir. Don't call me madam. The, uh, call me by name. That's what you do in corporates, right? The earth is flat. <laughs> it's amazing. All the scientists said, the earth is round. Now we have gone back to what age? Stone age. By calling earth is? That means there's no hierarchy. Earth is flat. Who said this? In our graduation ceremony, I don't know, what's his name? His name is also very interesting. Robin Screwwala, if I'm right. Ah, Ronnie Screwwala. Wala, currently. Screwwala. It is in our graduation speech in IIIT. All the graduation in the class. Oh, the earth is flat these days. What we care about is only what your talent is and your worth is. You don't have to call us sir. You don't have to give us respect. What are they going to make them? Entrepreneurs. And what is your name? Screwwala. 
really something is wrong with your screw only you are you see you don't like the prophets how many feel like like the prophet the prophetic office of prophesy when they prophesy and they search the deepest motives of your heart and question your motives how many of us like that we don't like it how we try to justify we love our cave let's go back now john's gospel chapter 4 immediately she changes the topic <laughs> i like that no but you know jesus, jesus doesn't you know he he knows people's hearts right he's a gentleman he's a gentle jesus okay look at what he says our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you choose to say that jerusalem is a place where one has to worship what he says jesus said woman believe me the hour is coming in you know, other one of the words the recurring words in the book of i mean in the gospel according to john is the word hour my hour is not just come my time is not here the hour the hour the hour you will you can do a study on the word the hour the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in jerusalem worship the father you worship what you do not know and we worship what we know for salvation is of the jews and then but the but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship god in spirit and in truth god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth and what happens and woman said i know that the messiah is coming who is called the when he comes he will tell us all things and jesus said to her i who speak to you am he the fourth revelation what is that first is what the jew second is greater than jacob third is the prophet fourth is the messiah the savior how is going to save you how is he going to save you law came through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ that's exactly what he tells uh, uh, peter right peter what do people say i am some people say this some people say that but whom do you say i am you are the christ the son of the living god flesh and blood has not revealed this to you peter but my father who is in heaven this is the truth what happens now she is free she understands that she has been accepted so what does she do john's gospel chapter 4 verse 28 the woman left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men you know what has what has what has happened she has literally come out of her cave <laughs> look at what it's what and she went and tell, told the men of the city not everybody else the men of the city oh you jacobs in other words men of the city and said to the men what did she say come see a man who told me all things i ever did could this be the christ what is he doing he told me everything that i ever did but you know what he didn't condemn me he convicted me and he brought salvation to my life see she became the first apologist then they went out of the city and they came to him see this is this is exactly what jesus is doing jesus is in the business of drawing us out of our city <laughs> and bringing us into himself and finally she has a revelation that she is the he is the christ and how does this happen very simple the truth that you spoke about me is true i'm not going to hide this is what i am this is who i am this is where i'm hiding 
That is the reason why he says, if we confess, he is faithful and ah, he is just. If we confess, he is faithful and just. That is the reason why he is called the apostle and the high priest of our confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He, he who hides his sins will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes, obtains what? Obtains mercy. And the word is actually not mercy. The mercy is chesed. And the word for chesed means what? He, he gets unfailing covenantal love from God. So four revelations this morning to bring us out of our darkness. And the one thing that we hate is the prophet. Who's the prophet? The one who reveals the truth about yourself. If you turn with me to Second Thessalonians chapter one, chapter two, the last verse for today, and then we will stop. Second Thessalonians chapter two. <clears throat> Look at what it says. And verse three onwards. <clears throat> Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Go on. Who opposes and exalts himself above everything that is called God or that is worshipped, so he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself as he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you of these things? And then, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who is now restrains will uh, will do so until he is taken out of the way. And who is the restrainer? The Holy Spirit. Okay? Then go on. And when the lawless, the lawless one comes, the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The the coming of the lawless was verse 9. Of the lawless one is one is uh, one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders and verse 8 verse 10 and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the word the love of the truth that they may be saved and therefore what happens if you don't receive the love of the truth for this reason God will send a strong delusion that they should believe a lie God will send why because they did not receive the love of truth there's there's truth and there is love of the truth Okay, and generally, truly, deliverance comes when he says, Lord, I accept the truth about myself. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you to all truth concerning yourself and concerning God. So that what happens, you can constantly say, Lord, Lord, I cleanse myself. I'm telling you, those are the people whom the, whom the devil is really afraid of. You know why? Because they have, they have not hidden anything from God. Everything is under the, under the, under the blood. It's been covered. And therefore you will have the, you will have the boldness to say like Micah, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Do not rejoice over me. Yes, I have sinned against the Lord. But you know what he's going to do? He is going to bring righteousness. He is going to defend my cause. You know why? Because I confessed and I received the truth about myself. So four things. Revelations. The Jew who is true. The one who is greater than Jacob. The prophet who tells the truth. And the Christ who saves you. So that you don't have to be ashamed. And only upon one condition. When you accept the truth about yourself. Freedom comes. Otherwise, we will be in lifelong bondage. 
and there will be no boldness. So therefore, come boldly and confidently to the throne room of grace this morning to obtain mercy and grace for the time of need. Shall we pray? Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would reveal the Jacobs in our heart. The Jacobs whom we have made, made greater than you. Father, in 13 years, I have seen so many people who have supplanted God for Jacob. Who have supplanted God for lives. Who have supplanted God for careers. Who have supplanted God for education and, 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 and knowledge and wisdom of this world. But your word says, O oh Lord, through God, we are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, sanctification, and holiness. You are our wisdom. You are our shield. You are our reward. Grant us grace, O oh Lord Jesus. That we will not replace you with any other thing. Even as we come under the teaching of the word of God every day, O Lord. That you will supplant the words of lies in our lives. And supplant them by the truth. And sanctify us and set us apart for yourself. Where your word says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And let us always be a church. Who will be the pillar and and the ground of truth. Lord, enable us to receive the love of truth because you do not come to condemn. When the Holy Spirit comes, your word says, he will convict, not condemn. He will convict the world in us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Therefore, I pray, Lord, that we will deal with sin. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the power of His grace. He breaks the power of cancelled sin and He sets the prisoners free. His blood has can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. Father, long my spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night, Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I rose the dungeon filled with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. Amazing love, how can this be? That thou, my God, should die for me. Lord, this morning, we want to say with the hymn writer, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head. And clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne. And claim the crown to Christ my own. Amazing love, how can it be? That thou my God should die for me. We just want to thank you for Jesus. 
We thank you that he disarmed the principalities and powers. He broke the Amorite by his sword and the bow and set us free from the power of accusation and slander and gossip. And Lord, we can say, you are our vindication. No weapon formed against us will prosper and every lying tongue that is going to raise against us in judgment we shall condemn for this is our heritage as a servants of the Lord and our righteousness and our vindication comes from you, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for breaking us from our cave and bringing us into the marvelous light. But I pray, Lord Jesus, we will never, ever, ever fight the prophet for the testimony of Jesus Christ is a spirit of prophecy. Lord, that we will truly confront our heart. We will allow you to confront us with truth so that you can set us free even more and to serve you in these last days without fear. Grant us grace to that and we pray. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, Amen, Amen. God bless you all richly.